Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, uh, in partnership and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to New York Red Bulls 2 of USL tonight. We're going to go over some preseason happenings, uh, a couple of games that we can we can talk about a little bit. Uh, maybe take a stab at the lineup, talk about players who are, are helping themselves, players that maybe uh, are, their stock is falling a little bit. Uh, we're, I, I already said that we're going to guess at the lineup. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to talk about the five must-see matches uh, that the Red Bulls put out this week. Maybe go over a little bit of attendance and, of course, discuss maybe for the last time the NASL. I am here tonight. With my favorite person to fight with, it's Anthony Merced of NYC Soccer World. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. And you are right. You and I, you know, people don't understand our relationship, but we we hilariously go back and forth on Facebook and no one will ever read those transcripts. <laughs> but um, I think about it that is, sometimes. Like, man, I it is so this. entertaining. <laughs> there is a lot of, of bickering. We're like an old married <laughs> couple, I would say. We are. We really are. And don't worry. Um, I, I will be setting up my uh, my PlayStation soon enough so that we can get back to playing some Friday the 13th. There you go. That's what I like to hear. There's so many updates coming down the pike, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. Can have a whole podcast on that alone. Yes, that's true. Um, okay. Let's not waste any time. We got a, a very short show today, but just want to keep everybody up to date on what's been happening out in uh, Tucson, Arizona. For the mobile mini cup uh, we're getting a great look at uh potential squads that we'll see uh we're only a couple weeks away now anthony this is very very exciting finally we can actually have real games to talk about yeah uh, games that actually matter not preseason games yeah where everything is insane uh first uh, there was the five nothing lost lost to houston um i think that it's fair to say that in the first half Things looked good for the most part. Uh, I believe they were down 2 nothing at halftime. And it was a very respectable result because the, the goals mostly came against uh, the run of play. Uh, the Red Bulls were threatening, but they just were unable to break through. And it, and it showed that they um, they weren't quite up to MLS level. The second half, the wheels completely fell off. Uh, but we'll go through that in a little bit. Then <laughs> they played Portland. There's going to be a trend that we, we talk about with these. Uh, they lost 4-1. to one. Uh, their only goal in this match was an own goal by Vitas. Vitas. I said Vitas, but it's Vitas. Uh, again, a very similar lineup to what we saw against Houston. They kept things as close as they could, but it, it was rough. And then finally, uh, the last game was against Phoenix Rising FC, USL opponent. Uh, game obviously much closer, maybe even a little bit of controversy with the, the PK that uh, was called against them in the second half. They dropped this one two to one and probably gave us the best look at, I think, what we're going to see come opening day uh, with the obvious addition of uh, Kaku, who we got to see for the very first time. Uh, Anthony, let's talk about the players that stood out. Obviously, uh, Brian White has the only actual goal for the Red Bulls (laughs) through that stretch, but um, I think Ben Mines has looked very, very good in each game. He's been threatening, hasn't quite scored, uh, but he's constantly a threat out on that right wing. Uh, and yesterday at media, media Day, he told Mark Fishkin that he's going to score 13 goals this year, or at least he's aiming to score 13 goals this year. So he's got his head up in the clouds, but I think uh, it's good. It's good to see the ambition from him. And probably 
I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that he's probably the one that has been uh, the best for the team through this run. Yeah, I, you know, I, part of me, I had so many thoughts about his uh, his media day, but um, I, I think at the end where, where I settled was, um, you know, he, he's got to make a statement uh, mm-hmm. somehow. And in, in the USL, it's really hard, or specifically for Red Bull too, sometimes it's very hard unless you've got that hype coming in. Like, obviously, Derek Etienne, before he ever stepped foot on the field, we all knew who he was because of his father, and we knew kind of the pedigree coming in. guy like Ben Mines really needs to... Um, put out a beacon to say, Hey, pay attention to me. And his, his comment of saying, you know, I'm going to score 13 goals. Um, I respect that. Uh, there's now a target on him, um, for that, which, uh, hopefully he can meet it. I really hope he does for his sake, um, score 13 goals. But even if he doesn't hit 13, let's say he hits eight or nine, that's still incredibly respectable for a guy who two weeks ago, we, we talked about, um, potentially not having a majority of the starts because of guys like Moreno, right. guys like Cutler that we'll talk about a bit later on, who who may never um, who who may take a majority of those starts. So I, I give him credit for making making his case felt in, in, in the media on the media day where he did because there's a lot of other guys who are probably gonna be on the two team who really didn't make much of a much of a stink at all. Yeah, that's very true. And uh I mean, I can't think of anyone on the team that was more consistently dangerous than Mines, but he's still kind of uh, finding his scoring touch. I, I know that he's capable of it, but I think you know maybe he's feeling a little bit of extra pressure because he, he he's having a little bit of trouble getting that ball into the net. Uh, the next guy uh, you mentioned a moment ago is Amanda Moreno. He's also been very active in the attack, and maybe not as much um, uh, looking for that that finishing uh, touch, but has been setting up quite a bit and, you know, running at opponents, which is something that I think Red Bull two is going to desperately need now that junior Fleming's is gone because he was mainly the guy doing that. And Vincent Bezicourt, you know, may sometimes would run at defenses from uh, that, that central position, but they're going to need those guys who kind of fearlessly dribble into the, uh, the defensive uh, third and, and try to put opponents on their back heels and force things to happen. And so far, you know, he's the one doing that. Now, uh, whether or not we're going to see Velo and Bezicourt um, for large stretches this season, I think is yet to be determined. But I think at least seeing how uh, Mines and Moreno have adjusted, that I don't think it's going to be much of a step back, if at all, for those two guys to just be out there and continuing to get reps and starts. Well, that's the big question: is is what's going to happen with Velo? What's going to happen with Bonomo? What's going to happen um, with Bezicourt? Uh, because there's, especially in the midfield, when you're talking about Bezicourt, there, there, there's a bit of a logjam there. Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is go play for the two team. Um, and and even there, there's there's a bunch of guys who they're looking to put eyeballs on as well. So. It's you know t- t- we know that Tenari is going to get minutes obviously because he's on a two contract so he's right. he he's he's going to be there so Bezicourt is one of those guys that um, has made a bit of more of an impression I would say on the first team so maybe he's going to be off the bench it's hard to to get into the to put yourself in Jesse Marsh's shoes because uh, a, a lot of times he works very hard at keeping things mysterious yeah. or diverting <laughs> yes. um being nice about that but like he um 
So I, I, I can see Bezicor playing a lot more games in in with the two team again, despite being a, a MLS contracted player. Because look, when when you look at the roster of, of Red Bull two guys, what is it? Five guys right now, and one of them is is injured for, uh, you know, Lombard for I don't know how long. Yep. Um, there, there's uh, most of these guys are going to come from the academy and and the MLS roster. And when you equate that, you're looking at Velo and Bezicor probably first is saying, eh, you guys are going to play a good majority of minutes there. Yep, yep, fully agree with that. Um, let's talk about who else do you think has shown well. For me, my list uh, concludes with Tanari, uh, who's just continuing to do the work. Uh, he's put on a little bit of, uh, of body mass, so he's not as easily pushed around, so he's a little bit stronger on the ball. Uh, but um, I think he's still got a little bit of a ways to go in terms of touch. Uh, Jordan Scarlett, I think, continues to show very well. He is yet to really settle with a a, a partner. Uh, like last year, we saw him with Endom a lot, but uh, so far he's kind of been, you know, put with Pollitz and uh, Redding and whoever else is available back there. Uh, Akway, you know, it, it it just looks like he's a, a, the steady force, um, but they, they they need to get someone to partner with him. And then uh, Nico Devera, I think every time he's been on the field, I've been impressed with what he brings. He's got a lot of good energy. Uh, he gets up and down the wing very well. Uh, hard-nosed defender, um, but maybe gets caught a little bit in challenges. But, you know, that's that's more of a rookie thing. Anybody else that you can think of uh, or, or disagree with anybody on my list in terms of who has shown well? No, don't disagree with anybody. I, I will say that Ethan Cutler playing as a striker in the last game against um, the Phoenix Phoenix Rising. Mm. You know, I, I we we did have Cutler on this show, didn't we? Yes. Um, the uh, you know, and, and we made mention of that. Hey, now you're a wing back, but you were a striker in college, and here he is being a striker again um, in 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 preseason. If if this team. The, the the big question is what it, what is the formation? If they're mm. going to go with two strikers. Cutler, I can see him being the consistent striker for a majority of the year with a, a rotating cast of characters around him. Um, Bonomo being one of them. As and we, we should probably talk about Bonomo as well in, in a bit because sure. he had another injury spell um, during this preseason, which may actually affect where he plays for a good chunk of the season. But, uh, you know, Moreno, um, Mines, all these kinds of guys. And I think Cutler may be the one that we see get the most minutes as a striker if they decide to go with a two-striker combination, um, the, the, well, some variation of the 4-4-2, or even if it's a 3-4-2 or whatever they go <laughs> <Yeah>. with. <laughs> I don't know. It's Who, a, wait, whatever, whatever number combination we can come up with. Do you think, um, do you think White? Because yeah. White I, I has been spending – I thought that they were going to use him as a midfielder, but he's mostly been playing as a striker. Uh, and not doing poorly uh, for the most part. Do you? Think, hey, he scored a goal. Yeah. Do you think that he's <laughs> more likely to be starting over Cutler? But uh, do you um, see it I, as like Cutler Bonomo, White Bonomo, White Cutler? Who's who's your reason, two forwards? The only reason why I say Cutler is I think that he's better at distributing the ball. Yeah. He's not a finisher, but he's he's the kind of guy that I can see holding the ball, helping to get it wide. Hoping to get it into the box, dropping back a little bit into the midfield if necessary. Yeah, so Everything I can see Bonomo him being. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Um, so I can see him feeding guys like Ben Mines, feeding guys like Moreno, who can focus a little more on just working the ball towards the net as opposed to um, having to do a lot of the dirty work. I mean, we we're seeing in the first team as well, Bradley Wright Phillips now, you know, who made a great pass to. Um, 
Danny Royer. And then in media day talked about like, well, I can pass the ball. I just haven't, you know, had to do it the last few years. Right. Uh, Cutler being in that position, I think helps guys whose job is to put the ball in the back of the net. Not to say that's not Cutler's job as a striker, but he, he can provide a little bit more because he has a bit more experience um, after last year being uh, holding the ball a lot more. Sure, sure. Um, okay, and on the other side of things, players that I think have struggled a little bit in preseason or you know just look like they need to improve, Kevin Pollitz, I think, is one of the first that comes to mind. Uh, it's clear that he has qualities uh, that will make him a good defender. But he's still getting up to speed, so I think it's just going to be kind of patience and time for him. Same thing with Ndam. I think we're still seeing sort of some of the bad habits that, that we've seen from him in the past. Even though uh, he continues to get better, those bad habits he's yet to break. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, Tommy Redding, uh, not much positive to say about him at all, honestly. Uh, he he was in, <laughs> he only played in that one match, uh, kind of looked lost. It's clear that they talked about him as a project, um, but I think he's even further behind than, than Pollitt's at this point. Uh, Tommy Redding is a guy who, um, uh, for me anyway, patience is very short on him. He's seen MLS minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know the, the thing about Endom is, is, is that he, he, he had the year in the USL, so it's a little bit more kind of like, hey, we really need you to figure it out. But he hasn't seen a tremendous amount of MLS minutes. Tommy Redding is the kind of guy at this point, you've had three coaches, you you spend a really good amount of time sitting on that bench, you've got to show something. And if you're not showing something, you're making everybody look bad that made a big trade for you happen. Um, Because, you know, you're brought in here to be a guy who is either an MLS bench guy or fighting to be a starter. I don't see him being either one. He has had an atrocious preseason. Yep. Um, and yikes. Like, the, the dude's got to figure it out. And I know he's young, and, you know, we hear that a like, oh, guy's young. Okay. But he can very easily become a lifelong USL right. defender right. if he's not careful. I fully agree with that. I think I, I would argue that the trade was for either of those players as much as it was to uh, offload. <laughs> um, Sasha Kleshin, but you know it was it was kind of like, hey, this is a gamble, but uh, a, a pretty um, low cost yeah, game. But this team is in this this team is in desperate need for center back help. Yep. yep. Um, and and the and the fact that Tommy Redding was brought in here, Carlos Rivas to me was at best a um, a happy addition. Right. If you're gonna if you're gonna make this kind of a deal, like anything you get out of Carlos Rivas is 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 gravy, even if he's bad, because you've got so many midfielders. But you know this team is 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 dry when it comes to center backs. Anyone gets hurt. Aaron Long gets hurt. Heaven forbid. This team is a wreck. I think no matter what. I think if Long got hurt, it's not as bad as if Colin got hurt. And Colin's not even back to to full strength yet. But let's not let's not pull that uh, thread because we could talk about yeah. that. I think all. <laughs> We're still talking about the first team. Then. <laughs> okay. Let's take a guess at what the lineup's going to be right now. Obviously starting in goal. This is the easiest one. <laughs> it's going to be Evan. Mm-hmm. Loro. We're going to see him all year. Let's move on. Okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> left back. Do is, is it going to be Nico Devera or do you think Billy Stevens is going to sneak in there? Billy Stevens. Is that right? Am I saying that right? I think so. Yeah. I think the has got that lockdown yeah, at least. I yeah. I agree. I, I've been impressed with him. Um, 
Endom and Scarlet as the starters, or do you think? I mean, Pollitz is getting more of the time so far in preseason. I think Pollitz may. Um, I, I think Endom gets a majority of it, mm-hmm. um, depending on injuries in the first team. He where he may need to sit on the bench. Okay. Um, I I think I've, uh, at right back we're talking about Duncan. Uh, I would yep. be surprised if it's anybody else. Uh, he still needs to sign a contract though, so we'll see. Uh, Echeverria and Tenari as the two center mids. Yep. Now, now are we making the assumption that it's a four-two-three-one? Yes. Yes. I'm going <laughs> to okay. go with it like that. It'll just be easier for now. Yep. <laughs> um, and then who's playing in front of them? Because I really haven't been that impressed uh, with Aguanaga. I think that he doesn't. Maybe it's just a, a, a thing like he needs time to kind of get set, uh, but uh, does he have that time to take? Um, not entirely sure. Bezicourt. Bezicourt, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a far more likely move. Okay, left and right, we're talking Amanda, uh, Amado Moreno and um, uh, Ben Mines, right? Yep. No, no, no bones there. And either nope. Brian White or... Stefano Bonomo or Ethan Cutler as the starting striker. Yeah, Bonomo is really the the big question mark because going into this preseason, I thought he was the backup striker for the the first team, but he has seen limited minutes because of injury again, and he now not only needs to work his way into the team, but prove that he's not injury prone, which has been a big problem in his career thus far. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, uh, Brian White is is very well and good. He's a young player. This is going to be a long season for him, and USL can be uh, particularly punishing for for players, especially uh, guys who aren't necessarily sized uh, appropriately to be strikers. I think Brian's a little bit undersized for that. Uh, not that he can't do that job, but I think he's still going to get beat up a little bit. Um, okay. That, that got us through the lineup. I was surprised we did that much faster than I anticipated. <laughs> uh, Red Bull. Did you, wait, do you want me to argue more? I can argue more if you really want me to. I mean, look, this is, <laughs> this is fine for now. I, I imagine that we're going to be doing some arguing momentarily. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Uh, well, maybe not just yet, but soon. Uh, okay. Five must-see matches. The Red Bulls put out a list of five must-see matches for the, the Red Bulls 2. Uh, I'm going to go through them. Agree or disagree uh, only. Uh, TFC two, the home opener. Disagree. Yeah, I, I have not been impressed with the TFC team yet, but just because it's the home opener, I think that that is is why this is on the list. Um, Atlanta United two. Agree. Yeah, you might get to see Andrew Carlton. <laughs> he yeah, might, he might get to play somewhere. And uh, who? What was the name of the center back that played for? Uh, like he went on loan to Charleston, I think, last year. Oh, I can't remember. Who's the um, I, of the draft? What the heck was his name? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't even remember the number one pick in the MLB draft. You want to ask <laughs> me what the super draft was? I feel um, like the, that would be harder to remember the MLB draft. But that's just I, me. It, it is actually harder. But um, the uh, I, I will say I am kind of upset. I was kind of hoping that Atlanta United would figure out a way to get the Silverbacks name, um, so that they would be the Atlanta Silverbacks. But oh, instead, they're great. yeah, and but instead they're kind of the boring Atlanta United too. But yep. and I'm sure they're gonna be, like like their uh, MLS team. I'm sure they're gonna be equally as exciting in the USL. Miles Robinson is who I was trying to think of. Uh, ah, then, such a good name. Uh, the other uh, homegrown players, obviously Andrew Carlton. We said Lagos Kunga. 
George Bello and Chris Goslin, I think. So we'll see some of those. And maybe, just maybe, Sal Zizo. We'll oh, see. I was going to say that. like Sal Zizo and the USL team. That would be great. <laughs> I would love to see uh, that. It would be great for us, bad for Sal. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> uh, the next one, Tampa Bay. Yes, that's a yes. Tampa that's an absolute yes. I'm, I'm hoping that, that that becomes the uh, the major rivalry for the team now that the Rochester Rhinos are gone. And, uh, I mean, it works out for both teams. Rochester's gone for New York. Tampa Bay doesn't have the Cosmos anymore. So, yeah, there's there's a little... Or for Lauderdale. They really got nothing. Yeah, they're, they're in uh, no man's land. They're in the... Um, Oh, why can't I? Uh, they're in limbo. <laughs> yeah. Even Orlando. Orlando Orlando City, you know, B is not around next year either. I Honestly, I think that Atlanta is going to try to become their rival. We'll see, though. They're uh, far away. It's hard. Tampa, Tampa uh, and if they were Orlando there before. <laughs> yeah, I know they are closer, but th- there's always been a history of Tampa Bay teams with uh, New York teams. It is, it is the way it is in hockey and in, and in uh, baseball, so. Fair, fair. Uh, Louisville City, yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They, there's no way two straight years in the conference finals that, uh, and both of them ending in shootouts that that's not a rivalry at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean Louisville City pretty much has the entire roster returning, so it's not going to be the same roster for Red Bull Two, but it's still going to be a good game. And then the last, but like like Jerry like Jerry Seinfeld says, at this point, all you're doing is rooting for laundry anyway. There you go. <laughs> And then the last one is Nashville. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, no, I'm excited about that. No. One. I'm excited about that team because I want to know what. Like, I feel like they're flying under the radar a little bit in terms of uh, what we're going to get from them. They're a USL renter at yeah. this point, and so like, I don't think there's any. It's really hard to get that that fan base can get excited because they're going to MLS. But in regards to every other team playing them, it's 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 fly by night. Yeah. You're just like, okay, doesn't fair, really matter. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I, I don't know how Pittsburgh is not on this list. I don't know either. Pittsburgh is only like between the way the season started last year with that crazy three three game, the uh, 2015, the Anthony Wallace free kick. Um, it's the 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 playoff game that they had in 2015 like yeah Bob Bob i Lilly. totally agree with that bob lily yeah. there come on and bob guys. lily i i got i don't remember who wrote the article maybe i'll give them bob if you're listening you are our favorite guest we i do love bob and uh uh talking to the guys from the usl show they they equally uh, enjoyed having bob on the show and what a great interview he is so uh yeah uh, do you on, think they get little, little, just slightly off topic? Sure. Why hasn't Bob gotten an MLS job? Do you um, think it's him or it's the offers? I think, like, like, yeah. I think mainly in terms of what I would want to see from an MLS coach is he. It's very, very successful at the level that he's at, uh, but that style of play is. Uh, it's going to sound maybe even snobby, but I don't mean for it to be. Uh, is MLS 1.0? It's very much such a, a snob. You never know. It's very like, much bunker encounter, and that works for some teams. Uh, that works for Jose Mourinho and Manchester United. We're second place in the league for now. For now, we beat Chelsea. Yeah, just wait until <laughs> Liverpool comes for you, baby. Oh, screw Liverpool! <laughs> Somehow playing better without Coutinho, but we're not going to talk about that either. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think so. I think that style is not what. MLS teams are looking for. And that's not necessarily because it won't work. Like I said, it, it does work uh, on occasion. DC has been able to get some good results, although not of late. Uh, Benny Ball. With that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I think I think there's a little bit of that. That that uh, 
basically what you look around the league and uh, whatever trends are happening, teams are really into. So like last year, Atlanta and, and Toronto really stole the show in terms of uh, attacking soccer. And I think now other teams are looking at that, like, how do we emulate that exact thing? And that doesn't really help Bob Lilly get a job in MLS. But also maybe he doesn't want to be there. I don't know. We could, we could also, have a show not, this year and find out. Also, and we're not going to get down this rabbit hole. That's not a sustainable idea. Fully agree. Um, thinking Fully agree. What, whatever Tata does, that means everybody else can do. Um, it worked for one year, but how many times have we seen one year work? Even with the Red Bulls, yeah. we, we, we've, we've seen it work one year, but not necessarily every single year. Yep. Fully agree. And that article is written by Willie. So I'll be like, hey, come on, Willie. Give yeah, me Willie. some love. I think he might be listening. So if you are, Willie, we love you. You're the best. Um. Eh, you're okay, Willie. <laughs> uh, the views of Anthony Merced do not reflect the views of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, here we go. Now we can fight, maybe. Let's talk about attendance. Uh-oh. Yeah. Last, last year, one of the, maybe even the worst attendance in USL. Um, I can look that up as we talk. What are I we looking think at? There was a- they were in the bottom, but I don't think I don't know. I, God, I hope they weren't the very bottom, but I, they were pretty close to it, though. I think I think they were either the bottom or yep, no, the bottom. Oh no! Yeah. For wait, what? Well, let's see. When was this written? Week thirty. Oh wait, is this just for week thirty? No, no, no. This is the average. Okay, yeah, no. So they were the bottom. They averaged six hundred and thirty-two fans. Not not great. It's That's still- awful. What, That's god awful. This team won a championship. They won a championship in 2016. They gave an, such an entertaining brand of soccer to the New York, New Jersey area. And the fact that they couldn't even average a thousand people the year after and go to the conference finals. What is okay? Like, here, here's what I got to say. Of all the complaining that happens in social medias and supporters groups, and all they do is complain. How do they not showing up? Look, and also, much respect to the Rampage, who are the probably the only group that tries to get people out there. Yeah, yeah. Fully like, agree. You know, where where is everybody else? They, uh, I, I've heard many excuses. I haven't heard any that I thought were good. Uh, but so, the worst in the league by far. Um, but that's still an improvement over 2016, uh, where they averaged 589 fans. I know. Not not great stuff, but you know, there is somewhat of an upward trend and I think part of that is uh that stadium is a little bit uh more fan friendly because you're packed in with with the fans and not on your own in the middle <laughs> of giant Red Bull Arena. Uh and you know, they have room to grow. They have potential. They I think the final home game there last season uh, was their uh, highest attended game, and they had fourteen hundred people out there. Which, I mean, compared to if you're talking about, it's great. Yeah, if, if you're talking about like Cincinnati and Sacramento, that's nothing. That's you know the low for Cincinnati last year was fifteen hundred or fifteen thousand rather. So it doesn't sound that impressive, but for Red Bull Two, that's a really great showing, and there was a lot of people out there, and maybe they can build off of some of that. My worry uh, for this coming season is that you've got a handful of games at the arena, then uh, at MSU, and 
the schedule is kind of like funky in terms of having pockets of a lot of games and then large spots where there's nothing. Obviously, you know, there's not a marketing budget for Red Bulls 1. So there's not really a marketing budget for Red Bulls 2. Which is awful. Outside of social media and us. How many times? Yeah, exactly. How many times do you see a team that wins a championship, sets records, records in an entire league to um, on the way to winning a championship, get not even a T-shirt? Like nothing. Like nobody knows that this team exists aside from us and the most hardcore of Red Bull fans that decide that they want to go to these games, you know, like the guys that made Rampage. You know, it's it's just it it it's mind they there was such a big I remember 2012, 2013, uh 2014, so how much complaining there was about the fact that this didn't exist. Yep. And now it does. And there and and this is not um any kind of like I don't know anything, I haven't talked to anybody about this, but if next year when as the USL continues down their track of D2 if they decide to kick all of the two teams down to the third division, D3, simply based on attendance, there's nothing that Red Bull 2 can do about it. Because despite the fact that they're putting a D2 product on the field, they're not getting a D2 audience in the stands. Yep, yep. I, I agree with that. I, I have been told that that is not something that would happen. Uh, but you're right in terms of if that was the reason that USL decided not to do it uh, or, or to push them down there. There is literally no leg for, for the team to stand on. And yeah. to have the pedigree of players that have come through and not have people out in the stands. I mean, look, this is not a knock against Cincinnati, but that team has been mediocre at best. And yeah, you're getting 30,000 people out there to see that mediocre team. So, it is a knock on them. No, like they no, like they, let's be honest. Like that 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 team has on the field produced incredibly mediocre results. Yeah. Off the field, they are an MLS team when it comes to production. Fully agree. But like but you know, it's it it's the ridiculous and and this is why sometimes people call out the New York audience um about whether or not New York is a soccer community. And I've said this before. I believe, honestly, that New York is no different from Paris and France, where people feel that it should be a soccer place. It should be a place where people are are obsessed about soccer. And they kind of are. They're just not obsessed about soccer in that crowd. Mm-hmm. You, every, people will show up to watch Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United, Bayern Munich at a bar at 8 in the morning but they won't show up to watch a game at three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time, or even turn it on on MSG or on a local network at all. And then complain that they don't get something out of their local soccer team. I'm going to take this one one step further. That is, you know, you, all these keyboard warriors that talked about what's wrong with us soccer and, uh, try to uh, impose their will to get these insane populist candidates elected in the last election. You guys could help fix soccer just by going to matches. Mm-hmm. But instead, you sit home, you watch it on NBC Sports, you've got yeah your kit from whatever Euro club you're super into. Uh, and there's nothing having, wrong with that. Yeah, but 
if yeah. you want to if you want to be there and you want to actually help things, then go out and attend matches. That is a huge yeah. part of 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 everything. Revenue for teams helps them put it back into the youth. The youth become a player pool for MLS for US soccer. You can grow that by having a bigger and more diverse group. But and 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 the best case I can it. make for that is um is you know I, I cover both teams both the Red Bulls and NYCFC. NYCFC last year had their best year ever, year three. They they finished second in the Supporter Shield standings. It was out of all three years the worst year of attendance that they've had. How is that possible if it's not for the fact that fans in this in in this metro area? Just do not support local soccer. Yep. I've had this. I've had this conversation with so many people about, well, the quality of the league. It's like, what do you only eat? You're you're eating meat. You only eat steak. You never eat a hamburger. Well, you've got one team in the Red Bulls that gives you the um, the youth, and you know, obviously, both both sides are problematic. But you have one side that gives you youth and um a high impact one thing you can never accuse the red bulls of is not giving you an exciting game they frustrate you but it's an exciting game nycsc gives you star power and that pseudo european feel yes it's in yankee stadium but they 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 provide that on that side so pick your choice but if you don't like either one you're probably just not into american soccer which then means that this this entire thing in new york isn't as big as it is in L.A., Texas, um, P- Seattle, Portland, Florida, any of those other places where it is growing and it is getting better. Yep, yep, I agree. It's like they're Atlanta. They're, yeah, <laughs> they're they're too good for it. Uh, all right, let's not slag them. Let's let's get on to the next people. Uh, Keep slogging. <laughs> uh, NASL announced this week that they would not be playing their 2018 season. I think this is, yeah, this is not really a surprise to a lot of people who've been following it. Uh, I have mixed emotions about this mostly because while I feel the ownership and uh, the league in general have been foolish about the way they've conducted their business and maybe set their sights much higher than uh, were truly attainable. There's still people that are attached to these teams and their front offices and their day-to-day folks and these players who now are kind of scrambling to find uh, where they can go and what they can do. So I do feel very bad for, for that level uh, of, of people that are around the league. But, I mean, the, the owners, what can you say? This is the second time that this league has gone through this exact same thing. Um, I, yeah, I look, I, you know, I, I get that, that very kind of like walk the line, like I feel bad for the players or the people, this and that. No one ever feels bad year over year for players who, um, don't get re-signed or anything like that. That, that, that's the nature of the business in regards to that sense. Um, it, it, it's, it's a billionaire sport million. It's a millionaire sport on, on the D2 level with a billionaire sport and the D1 level all the way around the world. But the um, the the bottom line is the NASL, uh, when they first started, had a vision that actually was not too dissimilar to what USL eventually succeeded with. They changed course midstream, thought that they could be a D1 competitor, 
uh, got in better. Tra- they were in better traffic from the very beginning. That was one of the thing about the ownership group that that left, and they were flawed from day one. Um, I do back the idea that um, Dave Martinez has has talked about a lot in saying that it is it was really interesting and positive to see a group of owners who wanted to do something different. The way I differ from him is that that differentiation was very misguided for an incredibly long period of time and now they cannot be upset when it came crashing down which is what we're having now we're having a actually we're not having a bunch we're having a very small group within that window that are that are making a lot of noise the rest of the teams are finding something to do north carolina san diego ottawa Tampa Bay, they've all found another place to land and a place where hopefully they'll be able to make a profit. Whether or not they will is completely debatable, and that's a different topic entirely. The rest of them, the Rocco Camisos of the world, the who I consider the Johnny-come-latelys to <laughs> soccer in the United States in general. Sure. Um, Robert Palmer, I throw in that boat as well, um, who's, who's a very good businessman. Um, soccer, or, um, sports in general, has, has a very different kind of... Um, Kind of my my I'm sorry my wife just made a lemonade joke about Robert Palmer. Um, the uh, <laughs> the uh, the <laughs> um, the see now I've lost my train of thought here. You know what? Forget it. You know they 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 screwed up. That that's just it. They're done. Um, that doesn't mean that someone else can't come along. I think Nisa, if it decides to do things in a more consolidated way and control the or at least control the spending of the teams that come in. They can find success. Um, Division Zero, uh, I'm not going to say it can't be successful, but there has to be an understanding that it's not just American players looking for spots in international teams because there were players in NASL and currently in USL uh, who have um, international duty with teams in the Caribbean or places that that aren't quite spotlighted a lot that it does help them get recognized. And I think that that's very important to take that into consideration. Yeah, I could not have said that better. Wow. I like Junior Flemings. Junior yeah. Flemings is a great example of that. Never played an MLS game, but he's he's constantly called up to the Jamaican national team. Yep, that's very true. Um, okay, I think that, that pretty much wraps it up for us. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at NYC Soccer World. And Bill, who is not here, is at Bill TNJ. And of course, if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. You know, as I'm doing this sign-off, I remembered something. You have a question? We have a question. We got a question. I was just yeah. about to sign us off. I hope that y'all folks haven't tuned out so far. Y'all, uh, I didn't do that right. Where are you from? Uh... <laughs> Don't know the word where I'm from. Um, okay, uh, we got a question from Bill Reese. Bill Reese wants to know, do you guys have any inside info on the renovations to MSU Soccer Park? Personally, I'd love to see them put down a grass surface, but I don't know how realistic that is, especially with the shadows that cover the field. Yeah, it's not going to be grass. Sorry, Bill. Um, the only thing that's that's really changing there is I believe they are getting a uh, better locker room situation. Correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony. No, yeah, the, the locker rooms and, and uh, the increase in number of seats in the stands, right. I think, are the main things that they're hitting up. Right, and the the increase in seats is really just to, to hit the D2 uh, yeah. requirements. 
but I, I but I will say that the um the the turf issue is not something that's just plaguing the United States. Currently, um, league football in England, there is a new rule that says if you are entering, and I might be getting this wrong, if you if you're going from the conference to um, the EFL English Football League. You have to have a grass surface upon entering. If not, reg, um, promotion will be denied Whoa. or can be denied. Um, that that will be taking they're taking effect in the next few years. So um, there's a lot of pushback for that because maintaining a grass field is not easy for anyone. Right, um, that's a huge cost. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very to, big cost to keep their head above water upon promotion. Yeah, so grass fields sometimes look. I know people hate the bounces, um, but it, it 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 artificial turf is something that helps keep keeps costs down, and helps uh, put more soccer teams on the field. Even though it could be very detrimental to players and uh, will impact, they look at the, hey, the Houston Astros never complained. Oh boy, baseball, turf. No baseball player should ever complain ever about any situation that's happening to them. Oh, they did. Have you ever seen? Just Google the um, AstroTurf burns, and you'll see like the pictures of people who got rug burn from sliding on AstroTurf. <laughs> I uh, well, not on AstroTurf, but uh, well, I was a keeper in indoor soccer. Uh, I don't know, however many years ago it was that I was playing. Were you a lancer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not a professional soccer player, uh, and I refused to wear pants indoors because it just got too hot. And yeah, I would every single weekend I would come back home with like huge rug burns all over my legs. It was bad. Uh, okay, let's it's get a back. Real thing. Let's get back to the sign off. <laughs> we did all the Twitter stuff, uh, but just a reminder: underscore Joe Goldstein at uh, NYC Soccer World for Anthony at BuiltNJ and at Raising Bull Cast. Of course, that's all on Twitter. You can go to find us on Facebook at Facebook.com/RaisingBulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we're going to have some uh, written content coming up from uh, contributors like Joe Steen and others. Uh, we, uh, and of course, you can get the latest episodes there. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Please find us, rate us, review us. It does mean everything. And I mentioned at the top of the show, we are now uh, a part of the beautiful game network, BGN.FM. They've got great shows like the USL show, uh, the Unused Substitute, St. Louis Soccer Report, Backchat, the Colorado Springs uh, uh, podcast, uh, Play the Kids, Timbers 2, Six Point Weekend for NCFC, and Speedway Soccer, Nashville's own podcast. Speedway Soccer, that's Speedway a great soccer. name for a podcast. Yeah, they got, I, look, there's some there's some good groups uh, attached to uh, this this BGN.FM. So make sure you go over there and check that out. We've got a page there. It's very uh, beautifully laid out. Uh, we can thank Mike Sparks for, for kind of organizing all this. Uh, friend of the show, Mike Sparks. And of course, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. That's going to do it for myself and Anthony Merced. Have a good night. <laughs>